You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Track and the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. That's my buddy, Matthew Soma. <clears throat> um, I have COVID again, so I'm chilling. <laughs> See? <laughs> Start making jokes and that happens. But we're here to talk about Kane's hockey, not about my health situation. In fact, that I'm sick every two weeks. Um, Kane's is back in the wind column, buddy. That they are. Since we talked last, we got to see two wins against the Pittsburgh Penguins and Calgary Flames. Two pretty good teams. So, uh, you like to see that. Um, yeah, two teams that are definitely underperforming this season. Um, right. Given, I mean, the Penguins, we were all kind of like, is this the end of the Penguins? And that's kind of how we've been for the past, like, three years. But they've still been a playoff team. But uh, this year, they're looking a little rough. These are two teams that definitely... Should have been beaten by the Hurricanes, and I'm I'm glad the Hurricanes were able to get the wins there. Um, uh, the power play scored two big goals against uh, Calgary. I think the three goals the Canes scored against Pittsburgh were all at even strength. But um, yeah, that was a big deal. Big, big couple of wins there that helped talk the Canes fans off the ledge once again. Imagine <laughs> that. I still don't think they're playing the best hockey I've seen from them. I mean, obviously, but like, I just want to talk about one thing really is where, is where I'm going with this. And that's the blown leads. They're driving me up a wall. <laughs> I don't, and that probably part of it is just like bad puck luck. And, you know, yeah, I mean, there was a really good deflection by Jake Gensel, but like how many times has it happened this season? And a lot of them were multi-goal leads too. I don't know. It's just something that we're not used to seeing from the Canes is probably part of why it's sticking out to me so much. There's such a lockdown team. And it's, I think there was like some long streak they had of games where they, if they entered, entered the third period with a lead, they won like some crazy amount in a row. But it feels like a lot lately. They're They're letting a lot of leads slip away. And it feels like Brent Burns is kind of at the forefront a lot, a lot of those times too. Just going to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. I hate to rag on Burns every week. Cause like he does make good plays and you know, there are times when he does a good job, especially offensively, but defensively, I just don't see it. And Jacob Slavin cannot keep, you know, every puck out of the net by himself as much as we like to think he is 
Slavin is definitely human. Um, Don't you think we could get, I mean, (laughs) who am I to tell Rod Brindamore how to do his job? But at some point, I would like to see Shea and Pesci, who, by the way, have been fantastic this season. Those two guys. They've been good. Yeah. Brady Shea. I haven't heard one person complain about Brady Shea this year because I don't think there's been any. Like he's just been solid. I don't, I remember very few, if any, mistakes Brady Shea has made this year. The so, franchise found a whipping boy on the back end for a little <laughs> while, and his name was Ethan Bear. Right, and now it seems like it's moved on to Brent Burns. Just personally, yeah. well, yeah, that's fair. But like, where, where I'm going with that? Don't you think we can, at some point? A rotation. You you only need when you're locking down a game in the last like two minutes. You only need four defense. Brady Shea and Brett Pesci, Jacob Slavin, and I don't know Dahan, whoever. Dahan made a nice play. We're we're currently recording this during the first intermission of the Canes and Blues game. He actually made a really nice play um, to break up a rush during the first period. And the Hurricanes are currently getting goalied. Um, Jordan Bennington is playing like 2019 Jordan Bennington and not every other year Jordan Bennington. Bennington is playing like out of his mind right now. He's he is responsible for the re- like the Canes being down still. So yeah, like he said, we're, we're this is going to be an interesting episode cuz we're going to record <laughs> in the intermission. So it's currently the first intermission. There's really no point in us breaking down the game right now because you know, we still have two periods to play. So yeah, I don't know. We might, maybe we'll meet up for a few minutes after the game's over too and talk about that. That'd probably be the best just for like a minute. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I like where the power plays at, at least insofar as they're starting to get, to get the results. Um, but it is coming off of two things that I, I've said a lot that they need to work on and that's getting the puck to the, well, they're getting the puck to the goal line for one. I've noticed that they're making a concerted effort to get it down low instead of just passing it along the top of the circles. Like that's what they were doing for the beginning for the first like month of this season. They would literally just pass it back and forth along the trio atop the umbrella. Mm -hmm. One of them would take a one. Brent Burns would take a one timer. It would get blocked. They would clear it. That was that. They have a bunch of set plays there now running from the goal line. We did a little round table kind of thing at the hockey writers today. And I, this is something I pointed out. They have a lot of set plays. If they get the puck to the goal line, a lot of times they do a touch pass. Aho pops out for a one-timer. We've seen that play a million times, and not just this year. So, like, plays like that, they're starting to get, you know, into more of a flow offensively. The puck movement's quicker with those set plays because they know where, you know, where they're supposed to go with it. They know what they're looking for with the plays. And also, it seems like it's it's helping them move off the puck a little bit which something I've talked about a million times, something that I pointed out in tonight's game in the first period when Buchnevich had that backdoor goal. He lost Martinuk because he cut backdoor. When the puck's on the far side, obviously when it's 5v4, you have more guys on the ice. It's kind of hard to defend four, five guys with four, right? He cuts backdoor, don't have enough guys to mark him. Wide open lane, Robert Thomas is a great passer. Boom, you got a goal. So they're doing better at moving off the puck. They're they're starting to get some results. So hopefully that's going to be a continued process and that's going to continue to improve. But yeah. Brandon, you know I will take any opportunity to to dump on the New York Rangers on this podcast. And 
I just have to bring this up again because even at the time it was considered a pretty bad trade. But Pavel Bushnevich traded one for one for Sammy Blah <laughs> has to be just one of the most baffling moves that I've ever seen the Rangers make. I think his last name is Blay, but I like the fact that you call him Blah. It's, it's perfect. No, I think it's pronounced Blah. <laughs> is it? I thought it was Blay. Either way, doesn't matter. <laughs> He's pretty blah, so it it's just like this was part of the Rangers last year where their their entire motto during the offseason was just to get big physical players, regardless of whether or not they were good at hockey. It's party like it's 1999, baby. Yeah, and I mean it got them to the Eastern Conference final. Should it have? Probably not, but they had a great power play and a great goalie. But Thanks. this year, you're starting to see kind of like the results of that, where like the Rangers are kind of struggling right now because they have that one line, and that's it. That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Hurricanes, they're definitely struggling right now, too. Um, depth scoring has dried up once again. The fourth line has given the Hurricanes, I want to say, zero goals in the past like 20 games. Yeah, it's been a minute. Um, Drury had a golden chance tonight and just whiffed on the shot completely. Yep. Um, it would have been it would have been tough to beat Bennington because Bennington was square at least like mostly to the puck. But like Drury just can't buy a goal. Jordan Stahl was robbed twice. These are the games that Seth Jarvis struggles in. The games against those big physical teams that take up a lot of space. Jarvis has not been able tonight. I've noticed like Jarvis's panic level is really high because he doesn't have the space and they're attacking him and he's not really used to that. So I don't know, man. Jarvis has looked a lot better lately. Um, Yes. I will say he's looked a lot better, but I'm just saying he's struggling so far tonight because it's a physical team. I say that knowing damn well that him destroying Brian Rust led to the Canes winning the game in Pittsburgh. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> he had seven hits that game, man. Seven hits. He's got four points in the last five games. That's going to be big um, if he continues on that trajectory. Uh, and Tavo Terabina is on the trip. So that's yes, another- Tavo coming back should help the team a lot in both ends of the ice. I think the penalty kill really misses Tavo. I think and, the ace of the game really misses Tavo. Like, literally, he's such an important player in literally every single faction for the Hurricanes. Yeah. It's <clears throat> crucial and, puck moving on the power play, and obviously he's one of their better 5-on-5 performers. So it's it's tough without him right now. Yeah, they, they, uh, they miss him dearly, and I think the Hurricanes are going to be a lot better um, once Tavo's back. Um Pacioretty's still skating, which is a big deal. He hasn't had, like, a setback. I almost want to say, like, before we leave, should we at least mention the fact that the Hurricanes made a trade yesterday? I don't even know who it was. It was some minor league or so. Yeah, I mean, the. I, I think the reason for the trade was Vegas wanted to get down to uh, off of 50 contracts. Yeah. So they traded a minor league defenseman and... Chicago desperately needs defensemen because I'm going to be honest, that team sucks right now. (laughs) 
Uh, I can't name names for various reasons. However, there are a few defensemen on that team that are not AHL quality defensemen. And getting them off of the lineup would be a good thing for everybody involved. So Did you it'll kinda... help Chicago. All right. Well, the game is probably about to be back on in just a minute. So we'll probably go ahead and cut things off here for now. Um, we'll see you after the second intermission, even though it's going to be like two seconds and you guys this time. But first, Track of the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And you know what that means. It's time to get a word from my friends over at DraftKings. Hockey fans, your chance to light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, is finally here. New customers can bet just $5 on a pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into big paydays with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and you'll get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details. And we're back. And we're back. It's just hilarious because the whole period of hockey has gone by, and you guys will never know. As it usually is. Things we talked about <laughs> a few minutes ago have since come back to bite us in the ass. Yeah, the Canes and the Blues are tied 3-3 after the first or second period, which is better because the Canes were down at the uh, start of the period. But um, my God, what just a weird period of hockey. Jordan Bennington went from like just crazy otherworldly 2019 Stanley Cup winner Jordan Bennington to like now Jordan Bennington, who is not very good. Um, Kane scored three goals in a minute and what, four seconds tonight? I think it was a minute 20. Something ridiculous tonight, and uh, you look at that, and you're like, man, this Canes team was pushing. They pushed. They got a couple other really big scoring chances, and then the thing that killed me the most is you take two penalties there at the end. Stupid. You kill one of them, which was good, but then you score. You let them score a power play goal and a goal that Ranta absolutely should have stopped. That was a horrible goal to give up. Second bad goal he's allowed tonight. Yeah, the second one was not the greatest. I, I will say I, I would like for Slavin to defend with the body just once. Just once. Because yeah. I think if Slavin tried to knock Achari off the puck instead of just kind of like playing passively and waiting, um, it wouldn't have been as bad of a chance. Um, but yeah, you get all this momentum and then you kill it. And now St. Louis has the momentum heading into the third because – they're the ones that scored last on a power play. So it's difficult. Power play did score, though. I think the one power play we've had has converted tonight. So, And for all the shit we talked about, Brent Burns and Seth Jarvis, they've got two of the goals. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up. Is, you know, Of course, the things we say. That's why you got to be careful saying Bennington's been bad because he's probably going to be awesome in the third period now. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> so... Yes, I, I I do want to go back to a couple of things you said there. One being 
the penalties, man. The Hurricanes absolutely dominated at five on five that period, and they take two dumb penalties. One of them was real soft. That Martin O'Call was that, that that's a very touchy, and and it was Carter Sandlag that called it, which I thought was kind of funny. Former Hurricanes farmhand, I was like, what? what are, you, are you mad about how your career ended or something? Anyway, um, but but still, like the lack of discipline is, is rearing its ugly head. I, they just. They were playing so well that period, and then it all came crashing down because the penalty kill, which had been taking some positive steps lately, has allowed two goals. Again, one of them is entirely on Auntie Ranta, but it was still a skater kind of skating right down the center of the ice, but he literally just slid it along the ice right through him. Like, he opened wide. He he, he moved out of the way of the shot, basically. <laughs> like Yeah, he even knew good. that... Uh... Right after the goal went in, that he should like, not oh, have a yeah. I mean, we've been talking about it, man. The Kochekov for goalie one thing, the gap is widening. <laughs> like he has by far been this team's best goaltender, and at this point, I think Rod's probably going to start to give him all the starts he can handle. But even with that being said, the Hurricanes need a lot more from Monte Ranta than they're getting right now because he's a good backup goalie. He's a talented player. He's when he's on, he's absolutely. He's fantastic, but man. Yeah, I mean, he was the reason the Canes did anything in the playoffs last year. Right. But man, he is he's had a lot of stinker goals this season, and it, it's doesn't really seem like it's getting any better. Another thing, man, the Hurricanes had quite a few chances to score more than three in that period. And you know, not trying to get greedy here or anything, but they had a couple like clear two on ones from like the red line in. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, both times. Let me be careful here. Both times skating him with the puck, it was just very Kokaniemi. The guy has zero. Well, no, the second time it was Svetch. Svetch just Kokaniemi passed it to him, and I yeah, don't and then Svetch decided yeah. to pass again. And I don't know if he looked up and Bennington like had gotten over and he didn't have anything to shoot at. But yeah, I have no idea why he tried to pass that one back. But Kokaniemi has no confidence with the puck on his stick right now. Like he's. He just doesn't seem comfortable like at all, and and he'd have he'd he's had some good games recently where I kind of thought his game was maybe coming along a little bit, but it seems like his confidence is just shot right now, and he I don't know he's deferring a lot and just not giving the Canes what they need. Um, on the bright side, Terabinen is about to be back soon, so that line right now who is on that line with Kokinami and Sveshnikov? Is it Nason? It's Nason and. <sighs> for Nason, coming back. Nason that's, can that's generate enough. offense, but he he just isn't. He's not an NHL top nine forward. No, he's not, and that's another reason why Terabinen getting back is going to be so important because Svechnikov is going to have a little bit more help on that line. I think Svechnikov has been really, really good tonight, but he he just kind of seems like a lone ranger out there. Like he, he's not having a lot of help when he makes moves in the offensive zone. And again, Kokaniemi. Does a lot of things well. His offensive game is not there whatsoever right now. Yeah, I think Kokanami's offensive game is going to develop a little slower. Um, I think I do want to talk about the third goal because Martin Natchez makes a beautiful play in the neutral zone to get past Ryan O'Reilly, a former Selkie winner, and make a great pass on the zone entry to Jarvis. Jarvis probably shouldn't have scored from there. What a shot, though. I don't know. It was a great shot. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, I think... Bennington earlier in the game makes that save. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think both goalies have let in bad goals tonight, and it's going to come down to which team can wants it more in the in the third, which sounds really cliche, but no reason for the Hurricanes not to win this game, man. Stay out of the box, they win this game. No. That's what it comes. And, to. They have dominated this game at five on five. What are the shots? Like in India, especially if you look at even strength shots, I'm not going to go look up Corsi or whatever. Well, right? and even then, the Canes, the Canes, that's been the case this whole year. Even yeah. strength, this has been a very dominant team, and special teams has let the team down. And I, I think, you know, now that the power play is at least scoring at a decent clip again, um, you need to get the penalty kill better. That's also where I think you're missing Tevo Teravainen is he's a very good penalty killer. I think I mentioned this in the first segment, but like talked about that. <laughs> but yeah, Tavo Tavo should like coming back should help a lot with the PK. And if the PK can even just be like average, it doesn't have to be like fantastic. If it can be like in the like 10 to 15 league wide range, I think this team is gonna be like impossible to stop. Cause with how good this team is at even strength. Hell, Jordan Stahl's line has been dominant tonight. Yeah, they've been really and good. And Jordan Stahl laid the shit out of Jordan Bennington. <laughs> Bennington, like, tried to hit him. I, yeah, I Bennington actively him. sought contact, and he found out real quick. <laughs> um, which I can tell if the Canes get, like, one or two more goals that we're, we're going to start getting into, like, totally unhinged Jordan Bennington territory. I, I kind of hope so, man. Like, that's kind of my – that's my favorite Jordan Bennington because that guy is batshit crazy. Yeah, I, I got I got started. I, I said on Twitter, I said we're at water bo- bottle alert here, folks. <laughs> like, it is just. I do want to circle back to Natchez one more time. Actually, just I was just kind of thinking about this. Um, that's not a play you see him make last year. I I absolutely I I can't even begin to vocalize how much I love that little triangle pass through the. That's what we always used to call it, the little triangle between a player's stick and his skate, you know, because his stick kind of comes up to his arm. So there's like a little triangle. Yeah. And he does that little play where he goes underneath that stick and he makes it look so easy and it makes the opponent look so dumb. Um, I, We had a kid on my team at NC State, actually, that was really, really good at that. Um, He always does that little move, too. But Nature's doing it in the NHL is, is different. But the confidence it takes to make those moves and, and, and walk Ryan O'Reilly, of all people, like you said, like. And, and then when he gets in the offensive zone, the speed he created gave Jarvis the room to get that shot off because he dumped the pass off, but his speed cutting through the middle of the ice just absolutely pushed back the St. Louis defense. Jarvis well, has don't... He walks in and wires it into the top corner. I loved that play. It was awesome. It That made me very cheery inside. Well, and last year, like the biggest thing that Natchez would do is he'd skate the puck into the zone and then not pass it and skate himself into a corner, turtle, turn the puck over constantly. His confidence and his decision-making are like both, you know, equally as big reasons. as Yeah. And he's finally playing with good players and giving Rod reasons to continue playing him with good players. Yeah. So I think, you know, with Natchez, eventually i'm expecting natchez to come down i mean what what's he what what was he on pace for for before tonight's game he was on pace for something ridiculous like i remember he's on pace for eight he was on pace for 89 points 
I believe he only has one point tonight, right? Yeah. So he's on pace for 89 points this year. I mean, that'd be awesome. (laughs) That'd be great if he can make a jump from 40 points to 89 points. Um, But realistically, we're probably looking at him hovering around like 60 this year. Who, Nages? Yeah. He can get a little, I think he'll be above 70. Really? Yeah. I mean, maybe if he continues playing, like I said, he's on pace for 89 right now. Right. It's it's just one of those things where, you know, he can get going. Maybe, maybe it works. And I mean, you know, just just out of curiosity, for all the shit we're talking about Brent Burns right now, prior to tonight's game, he was still on pace for 50 points, which would be about as much as he was or as he had uh, last season. He had 54 last year. Um, this year he's actually, thanks to his point tonight, he's now on pace for 51 this season. So, you know, we're, we're getting pretty close to, uh, normal Brent Burns levels of production. Yeah. And I still think there's another gear there too. And it's probably as much defensively as offensively as he continues to kind of settle in. We, we, this is another thing we've talked about on this podcast a lot. His defensemen do tend to settle into this system and get better as the season progresses. Dougie Hamilton, D'Angelo, maybe not so much, but I, I think Burns and Hamilton are a lot more comparable than Burns and D'Angelo. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, I fully expect, you know, we, we haven't really seen the slave and bump yet that every defenseman that skates next to him gets. So eventually I expect a lot better hockey to come from Brent Burns. And if this is the starting point, like, the mistakes I expect to come down. And at that point, I think you're going to get a really, really good hockey player on your first pair alongside Slavin. And I also think that with the, um, um, fuck, why can't I think of it with the power play now getting going? I think that the hurricanes are going to get more from Brent Burns just naturally. Right. It doesn't, it may not be like primary assists or anything like that, but you know, he could be getting the occasional secondary assist on the power play and just getting involved in the play. I mean, again, I mentioned this on the last podcast. He had a really great play on the, I think it was the first power play goal against Calgary to keep the puck in the zone. Didn't get an assist on the play, but that's a, that's a really good play that you need to see more of from him. So I think we're pretty much coming to the start of the third now. Um, think we'll catch you after the third period just for a little bit we're gonna keep this a bit shorter this week because i want to go to bed i'm not gonna lie and also i have covid so i'm not trying to edit for like an hour (laughs) absolutely yep so we'll give a quick recap after this game ends this is gonna be kind of interesting you're getting an update as per period from us which i guess is kind of cool you're getting like a step-by-step breakdown we're almost doing like a morning after pod like adam gold does yeah, except I'm not staying up that late after the game. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm not either. But we'll reconvene for a few minutes once the game wraps. And yeah. Love you, bye. So cue the and we're back. And we're back. And um, we're back. Canes win. Canes are winners. I told you, bro. What did I say? Canes stay out of the box in the third. There is zero reason they don't win that game. 
Um, there are a couple things we're going to have to talk about, including Kochekov coming on to relieve Auntie Ranta. Yes. Uh, but I didn't think the Canes played all that great for at least the first half of the period. I don't even know if they had a shot on goal. But <laughs> one little slip up, and then Jordan Martin is on a mini breakaway. Oh, good Lord, what a goaltending clinic we were treated to. <laughs> Just an absolute... I mean, what can you do to stop that one, Jordan Bennington? Um, yeah, that was that was a tough one, and, and I mean, at first, I think Brandon, you were saying at first you thought Letty tipped it. Um, uh, no, it was Starlo who said that. I oh, okay, yeah, I saw him straight in. <laughs> but yeah, like it just went straight in. It was a horrible goal to give up, and then the Canes score an empty net goal with Jordan Stahl deking the shit out of, I think, Pavel Bushnevich. That was one of my favorite empty net goals in a long time. Like, Jordan Stahl was moving so slowly. He was moving so slowly. I thought the entire rest of the ice was going to catch him before he got the slow motion dangles a guy. It was, and and he scores. And that ends up being the game winner. Martin gets another empty net goal to make it a hat trick. What a game. Uh, I do think Ronta's hurt. Yeah, um, I don't think he Rod, Rod has never made that kind of decision. I think it played off for him for him tonight because Coach Ekov was really good in the third period. And- yeah, he he and the defense kept the Canes alive in that third period. Um, the Canes offense wasn't able to get anything going, and you know, I I've said this a couple times this season and throughout the time we've had this podcast. When the team needs a spark, what line does Rod send out? It's the stall line. He sends out the Jordan stall line. They had three five freaking goals tonight. Four. 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 <laughs> four. four. And, I mean, and Jordan Stahl and Jordan Martinick were their best players by far tonight. Yeah, and, and you know, there were Jarvis good performances from the rest of the lineup. I thought Jarvis had a pretty solid game. Jarvis and Svechnikov were good. Aho even had a couple moments I thought Aho didn't have his best game personally. He had a couple of times where he just looked a little slow to react. Didn't have as much jump as we see from him sometimes. Burns had a really good game. I will say that Burns had a really good game tonight. Um, and again, at the end of the game, I'm like, crap, the Canes gave up that goal. Wasn't Piotr's fault. It was just a nice play in front. At the end of the game, Canes give up that last goal. Who does Rod send out? It's the Jordan Stahl line. They get the hat trick goal. More importantly, other than the goal, because the goal was with like four seconds left, the Canes killed off 20 seconds of the last 44 seconds along the boards just with nothing going on. That is crucial. Preventing any sort of offense, even just a puck on net with these situations can go in. And the Canes did a masterful job of shutting it down there at the end. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Stahl played 18-34 tonight. Um, Martinuk, 18-25. Jesper Foss, 17-27. Like, that line ate a ton of minutes. Sveshnikov played under 15, 14-44. Um, Ajo at 20 and Natchez at one second under 20 were the only forwards to play more than the Jordan Stahl line. Um, he leaned on him heavily, and for good reason. I don't know if Jack Drury had a shift in that third period. Um, no, he didn't. Maybe, maybe uh... one or two. But – yeah. I, I mean, late in the game, I, I actually do think that I'm pretty sure the stall line. No, I know for a fact that stall line was on the ice for the goal against because Jordan Stahl was pressuring the puck and Jordan Martinuk was kind of on the weak side. 
I do want to say I still I, there's something about that late game situation. I guess they were up by two, so they kind of took a breath. But on that goal, I was like, dude, stop hanging Kochekov out to dry because the guy got in this. I, I guess it was was it Bushnevich again, or was it Brandon Sod? Or no, it was O'Reilly. It was O'Reilly. Sorry, O'Reilly's the one that scored. Yeah. So Robert Thomas made his second fantastic pass of the night, but O'Reilly found that soft spot and Jordan Stahl was pressuring the puck pretty much every other cane, except Pesci, who was kind of guarding the back door, really took a breath there and were just kind of puck watching. Like, and that, and that's been a theme in those late game scenarios where they've given up a ton of goals. We talked about this earlier. I don't know. There's just something about those situations where the canes kind of, they get a little lackadaisical, like when they're holding a lead late and they need to have more urgency in those situations. I'm not that worried about it when it's a two goal lead. Like sometimes those things are going to happen, but considering the trend that it started to be and how many late goal or late game goals they've allowed, it, it's, it's something that I'm paying closer attention to put it that way. Yeah. The, the, the lead holding issues date back to last season. The Canes could not hold a lead last year either. Um, Part of it's defense. Part of it is on the forwards. Um, I I just think, you know, it, it's a situation that you don't really practice a whole lot. And yeah. so, you know, if the Canes spent a practice or two on it, maybe they'd be fine. Maybe they'd be better. But it, it's not something like I'm too worried about. Now, if it was one of those things where the Canes were giving up like if the Canes came into the period with a two goal lead and gave up two three goals in the third period to lose, then I'd be a little more concerned. Right. And I mean, even still, you know, you've got a couple games that have gone to overtime that they probably shouldn't have, like the Pittsburgh game. Um you're giving up a point to a Metro Division opponent. But tonight you hold down the fort. And for what it's worth, you get two points against a team that's out of your conference. Those are basically free points. So that's a big deal. Um, All in all, I'm happy with the effort. I mean, the third period was a little rough, but again, the defense really uh, bailed the team out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, pretty gutsy win. Because again, I don't think they were playing their best hockey in the third period and they found a way to get it done anyway. Jordan Stahl, Jordan Martin totally carried tonight. Coach Ekop came in and, as he always does, rises to the occasion, ends up getting the win. Uh, yeah, lots of like. I don't have much to complain about for once. <laughs> no, I, 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 again, it's a good win. You, you go on the road now to LA and then Anaheim, and those are two very winnable games. Yeah. Um, so you'd like to see the Hurricanes win both of those games next coming up. Yeah, and you start off a, a pretty tough road trip with wins in Pittsburgh and um, and St. Louis, and now you go to L.A. and Anaheim, like you said. I mean, this could turn out to be a really good road trip, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, this could be maybe the turning point for the Canes after a pretty tough stretch. You get these two wins against these good teams in their barns. Now you go to Anaheim, or excuse me, now you go to Los Angeles, Anaheim, and then the Islanders and the Detroit Red Wings. You can go three and one in that stretch, and like it would not be surprising whatsoever. So, it'd be really fun to watch with this what this team does the next couple of weeks. Um, hopefully, we see Taravine back here soon, and Hurricanes are going to get on a roll. Hopefully, so. Um, I mean, 
again, those are, I think you, you use the term confidence building or am I hearing things? Yeah. Confidence building is right. If you can, especially with how LA is struggling right now, you want to be the team that hands them a shovel when they think they've hit rock bottom. And then with Anaheim, Anaheim's always a weird team, but I think we can beat them too. I think the last time we played Anaheim, didn't Jordan Stahl have a hat trick? I'm sure it was something dumb like that, but yes, because I, I was there for that. Game. That's right, last week, bro. That is what happened. And then the Islanders is going to be the real test of this road trip because they're a good team. They beat the hell out of the Canes last time, so yeah, like destroyed. Yeah, it was ugly. So revenge game, baby. Come on. Right. So Brandon, I think that that's in, it for me. That was in Carolina too. So that was in Raleigh. It was an ugly game. Now go do it in their building. There you go. Correct. But all right, bruv. Good game tonight. Yeah. That does it for me. <laughs> uh yeah, really the only other thing. I guess uh, maybe we should mention that the stadium series is now on ABC. I don't know. It's a little weird. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, the NHL changed it from ESPN to ABC today, and I'm a little like, hmm. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything to me at all because I don't have cable. <laughs> right. I mean, well, I'm going to. I have tickets. I forgot about that. Yeah. Folks, we want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. A little bit of a different podcast this week, just due to some scheduling issues, but. I told Brandon that I'd rather die than record at 1030 at night um, for like a full episode. So we made it work. Folks, we'll be back next week, hopefully on a normal schedule. And as always, especially after a win like this, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.